Welcome back, loves. Thank you for tuning in or streaming or downloading Blooming Out on WFHB 91.3 FM in Bloomington, Indiana. I'm Melanie Davis. And I'm Justin Robertson. And I'm Cal Demery. Hi. Hi. Hi, everybody. We're all three back, just as we are. (laughs) I know. No guests today, but we're going to have guests the next couple of weeks. Uh, They'll be fun for some topical and and engaging things that are happening because we got a lot of stuff coming up in the next uh three months so mm-hmm. yeah it was really good to see uh judy and lucy last week yeah too. yeah they they should come in all the time <laughs> I, I agree <laughs> um so who that was a weird intro i mean not that i don't like ramble on by led zeppelin i just don't oh but I'm we did sure that why. before was it didn't we i don't remember yeah, we did. Okay. I like, I mean, I'm I sorry, ramble on age. all the time. We just ramble on. Maybe that's. I know. that's. You don't remember. It was a few weeks ago and you had decided on that song. Did I? Yeah. Wow. I know. I haven't slept since then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. I it's know. fun being our age, isn't it? It's, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I was tired, anyway, great show, guys. Sleeping. Time to go. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Lucky we have Cal to keep us. Well, not straight. That would be the wrong word. <laughs> Grounded. <laughs> Grounded. Yes. My middle school best friend always used to introduce herself by saying, Hi, I'm Kara. I'm as straight as her hair. <laughs> uh, that's cute. Because you Aww. have curly, 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 yes. beautiful curly <laughs> red hair. Well, we have uh, a lot of stuff to go over today because life marches on and um, we've got a lot of good stuff too. It's not just all the like, watch out for this. Well, we never have bad stuff, just bad stuff, just bad things happening. It's always good. I mean, I'm not I don't deconstructing know, I'm, that sentence whatsoever. Yeah, I'm not that is not what what? Oh, it's a good show with bad news. No news is good news with Gary Gnu. Yeah, thank you. Um, I just didn't want people to think that you were ta- you said that we had a bad show. No, 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 no. Okay. Just like you know, there's we have to talk about some heavy stuff sometimes. Yes. And, yes. Um, and there, there's, there's good stuff to talk about. But you're you saying know? that there's some good stuff. There's that's like not... at least one thing. Oh, good. No, I'm just well, what is well, that? Let's talk well, about it. There's a bunch. Oh. In terms of bad news, oh, IU classes start soon, so all students will be flooding back to campus. That's bad news. <laughs> See, the students, students I'm okay with, mm. kind of. It's the parents. <laughs> it really is the parents. Like, I know they, I know move-in weekend brings a ton of, like, business into Bloomington, and that's all great and stuff, but... I am going to hole up in my apartment and yeah. not leave Don't and go avoid out. it. 
Stay off the streets. You know, when I was a kid growing up here, I loved it when the students came back, and my parents hated it. But I just loved, you know, the energy and the excitement. Mm-hmm. But now it's, I mean, the traffic, everything. It's just horrible. Just so people know, classes start the 21st, Monday the 21st. So it's going to be like this next week is move-in week. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But Bloomington is a terrible city to drive in, especially when you don't know. Well, I mean, okay, so... Even when you do know, when it's I, a terrible city to drive I, I, I first drove in Indianapolis, you know, and I was coming from Decatur, Illinois. I learned to drive in Chicago. I mean, oh, this gosh. was like, yeah, well, I thought I had my stuff straight, right? right? No. I got into town and I drove, and I'm not joking, the wrong way down every single one-way oh, street. Oh, that was you? That was me. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the helicopters are following me. There's like a line of every And you're telling our listeners that because... People are going to be coming for you. They're going to be like, oh, my God, <laughs> 28 years ago, that was you? Yeah, that I know, was and me. it's very frightening, but then you realize, like, wait a minute, because, um, you know, I was born here, so, I mean, the streets weren't always just one way and everything, and then you have to relearn it. They so there's that whole ways. area on the south side of town yeah. that's like... Washington, Lincoln, all, like I just don't know which way things go down there, and it's been that way for years. They've got little signs. Yeah, yeah I know. That they're but little. You, they're little. Yes, thank you. And then you go around in circles. Well, I'm always trying to pick up my friend Chad, you know, and he lives over there, and it's really hard because I'm always on the wrong street, going the wrong way. There's so much to deconstruct <laughs> in that. Don't think about it too much. Um, also, just a reminder that Pride Fest takes place on Saturday, August 26th. So Yay. it's coming up very Yay. quickly. Yay. And excited. we have a booth. The Monroe County History Center has a booth. Yes. So come visit us so there. So I hung out last year. <laughs> oh, is it? Were you there last year? Yeah. I ended up like sitting there and talking with Andrea. And oh, then I okay. ended up seeing a bunch of my students. And then I was like, for an, my old position i was trying to figure out a few things mm-hmm. and uh one of my students came up and i was like by chance do you know anyone who would know about this project mm-hmm. and the people involved in this project and they're like yeah let me go f- uh let me go pu- uh get some people and brought o- uh she brought over a bunch of people that knew the people i was working with uh working on this stuff like this makes no sense i i was being a curator working on some people's oh. stuff who had passed away Oh. And so I was trying to, like, figure out these people's lives. And so I was like, hey, were they, um, you know, queer? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like, yes, here's everyone you need to talk to. So I did a little bit of research at last year's Pride. <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's just wonderful. And I really hope people stop by. Uh, we also, I do want to make an announcement that that day at the History Center, um, you should swing by and have your portrait taken by the incredible Garrett Ann Walters. Uh, she is doing Pride portraits for people Aww. free of charge Yay. in the History Center in our education I room. So have the perfect sure jacket. I met to yeah. right today and I just totally lost forgot about it but i made a i have a denim jacket that i painted the back on painted the back white and wrote a poem on it like it's not gays and happy but queers and i love you oh but it's like a whole Aww. poem but then i beaded lavender into like like pictures of lavender on yeah it i bead for fun because well, that looks crazy. it sounds beautiful and so i'm like that's sounds perfect like, for that yeah i made it for pride so so are you yeah it would be one to four mm-hmm. um so everybody should come to that. It's going to be great. You and Kat should come too. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm going to be at a booth all day. Oh, right. Well, that's the thing with us queer people is we're busy. <laughs> it's it's not a day off. Right. right. I know because I did. So we had had this event before, but I couldn't go because I was doing something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I'm I've busy actually all that day. never, like, wandered um, Pride because I've always been boothing. Me too. <laughs> Are we twins? I think so. I think once we've been at the same booth. Uh, were we? Oh, yeah. I think we did a WFHB yeah, booth. Yeah, we did WFHB. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I've never seen Pride here. I've only worked it. And on the 19th, there's also the Block Rocker, just to remind everybody that's WFHB's thing. And it's. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. It's right out front uh, on 4th Street between Walnut um, and College. And it's 5 until 11 p.m. So uh, come on out and party. It's totally free. There's music, there's a bunch of bands. Speaking of music and bands, DCI's this weekend in Indianapolis. That's Drum Corner National. I was so. like, yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, yeah, Drum DCI. Corner, it's, like, it's professional uh, marching band guys. Yeah, and you know, a lot of queer people are involved. Right. Um, but yeah, it's in Indy this weekend. So good luck and good skill to all those performers. Yay! I have many friends who are in. Oh, it. that's great. Yeah. Does it get streamed anywhere? Good marching. If you pay band. for it. If you pay for it. Well, it actually, it I don't know if it's down here necessarily, but it does get streamed in movie theaters. You can, like, buy tickets and watch it in movie theaters across the nation. But I don't know if they do it here in Bloomington. What? I yeah. never heard of that. Wow. Wow. Because trying to, one, getting a ticket in Lucas Oil is very expensive if yeah. you're not in Indiana Minor. Because Indiana Minor's got, like, $19 tickets. Everyone else has to pay, like, 50 bucks. But ticket, the seats also go out quickly. Oh, my God. Well... That I have never been to Lucas Oil Stadium, even when I lived <laughs> up there. So that's <laughs> probably something to be proud of. <laughs> I mean, I also never had fifty dollars to my name. I know so. that's I've never had fifty dollars either. So that's why <laughs> we've never been there. I actually have been there. You have? Yeah, I've been on the field. My ticket was bought for me, Melanie. Oh, you were on the field. Yeah, I did a lot of volunteering there for Bands of America and DCI, and my school hosted Bands of America. Cool, like finals. So, like, I've done a lot of stuff in Lucas Oil. Oh, that's awesome. And then I used one of our um, fundraisers, I guess you would call them, for uh-huh. band and color guard was to work as temps at Lucas Oil. And my parents were in charge of it, so that means we had to cover it every time someone canceled. <sighs> that was, like, my job in high school was to work at Lucas Oil. Oh, that's... That, that, that place or Did you get $50 an hour? No, not quite, Darn unfortunately. It. I was in the Hoosier Dome. I I played in the Hoosier Dome. But, yeah. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it was 1993, okay? A long time ago. Shut up. <laughs> Cal wasn't even born. 30 years. Um, so yeah, there's tons of stuff coming up at the end of this month, and then yeah. September is going to be full, and the beginning of October, and then we fall into gay Christmas. So, yeah. yay! Exciting. Are you doing anything <laughs> for Halloween? You got your costume ready yet? I Yeah, do you? I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday, and yet I haven't done anything for years. So, yeah, I should do something. Come over to my I'm, house. All right. Because I think we're going to have, like, uh, I'm going to set up, we got chairs and things i'm gonna set up you have chairs i do Ooh. and i'm gonna set up for uh <laughs> doing um crafty stuff Ooh. so that bring your things and i'm gonna be making a 30 foot spider oh nice yeah. that's cool um hopefully but, it'll be on top of the house 
still working out the logistics of that. I, I think that sounds wonderful. And if arts and crafts were like that, I'd be into it. But I don't have crafty things. Well, I mean, like if you want to create, I could bring a pumpkin. Like yard things. If you want to bring a pumpkin, if you want to, like, yeah, whatever you want to do. But this giant spider sounds cool. Can we dress up in costumes? You can do whatever you want. Because I, I mean, I, I dressed up as Ripley and took oh, my yeah. cat with me last year, and oh. I'm just do, redoing that costume this year because <laughs> it was such a good costume. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it's um. I mean, just like the aliens movies, you mm-hmm. just like aliens one, two through fifty. So. Yeah, exactly. yeah, um, yeah, totally. Well, although bring your cat might be a little because my cat's a little. Yeah, it's okay. Your your cats still look like the cat from the movie, so it works. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get some hair dye. We'll make all the cats into that, uh, except for the black cat next door, and it's already dressed for Halloween. Um. Anywho, back to the news. Uh, so you had put some stuff in here mm-hmm. about... Uh, uh, I don't really get to watch shows or movies anymore. Uh, so fill us in. What is this? I've seen this a lot. People were like showing it to me, this red, white, and royal blue. And I've been hearing tons about it, and I'll probably see it in another five years when it comes okay. out on VHS. So Can I clarify for a minute? Red, white, and royal, royal blue. blue. That's yeah. a movie. It's also a book. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a just, book it's that's a being made into a movie, and it's a yeah. very funny book. Oh, you read it? I was forced to by my best friend who loves, like, these cheesy romance, oh, okay. like, YA novels. Yeah. Um, so Red, White, and Royal Blue. Without giving too much, you know, stuff, you got the son of the American president and the prince of England. Oh. And they meet. And it's like enemies to lovers. And oh, it's funny. That's great. Um, and then because you, you have the whole like, they're like s- the state heads of both their countries, mm-hmm. but they're one's just like super incompetent and the other one's just like really annoyed with him the whole time, but they still work very well together as a couple. And it's Let me guess, the incompetent cool. one is the American. I don't remember. And I haven't reread it because I didn't want to spoil the movie for myself. <laughs> and the other one is the Prince of England. Wow. Wow. Is somebody biased? <laughs> I just know how books go. Uh-huh. But I also know that this must be banned from libraries and schools. Young adult. Uh, young adults, that. yeah. Yeah. As are all young adult books. Apparently. Well, the, uh, the, I almost called him Seth Green. Um, <laughs> John Green? John Green. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway so the the red white and royal blue when does that come out is that two weeks from now I know that my students are having a watch party of it oh (laughs) Oh, yeah because it's going to be so is it streaming okay and the movie's going to be R R rated oh but the book's not nice at least I didn't think the book was I thought the book was fun yeah so it's a couple weeks it'll come out in a couple weeks on August oh wait wait uh, August 11th. So, no, tomorrow. They're having a watch party. I did, I don't do watch parties with my <clears> kids, so. <laughs> so check it out. It's on Prime. Prime. <clears throat> Sorry. So we were talking about John up. Green. Yes, John Green's. Uh, so this is the the library he's refer- that's in the story is the one that I well, went to all throughout my high school. Oh, this is your library. Yeah. <laughs> the library that's banning all the books? 
Yes. It's in the, Fishers? Is it the, yes, okay. Fishers, Indiana. It's the Hamilton <coughs> East Library. And it's the we kind of talked about it a couple in the spring because they had a plan to redesign and redistribute all their books. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of in response to all these laws to try and be proactive so they could, you know, cover their behinds. Yeah. But basically, uh, Fisher's Libraries um, moved the fault uh, far, <laughs> the fault in our stars um, to the general section and moved it out of the YA section. Basically, now putting it in a in a section that's considered for uh, for adults mm-hmm. um, rather than for young adults, which is its intended audience. Yeah, the intended audience is teenagers, mm-hmm. right? And so John Green, who lives in Fishers, I've met him. Met him. Oh at, my! I've met him at the mall. Well, okay, so Wait, you have author. to explain yeah. who John Green is because he's not just an author. No, he does a ton of stuff. Um, he owns um, quite a few businesses in Fishers in, in Indianapolis, and his brother um, Hank Green. Uh, together, they have a very popular YouTube channel. They have "Don't Forget to Be Awesome." Um, they have their um, they do Crash Course. They're the people who are like behind and produce Crash Course, mm-hmm. um, which is an educational video series that's free. That's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do they do? Um, they have charities. They have a bunch of charities. Um, they're incredible. Like what? I don't know if philanthropist is the right word, but they 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 have so many uh, projects that they put forth to help educate and support people, and it's just beautiful. And um, I would argue they're like this generation's. Like they're up there with Mister Rogers, Bob Ross, in terms of like wholesomeness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing. This isn't, you know, young adult smutty type stuff. Well, that's it's, what I was gonna say. Why is the fault in our stars? Why do they pull? I mean, as I understand, is that the one that's a about a cancer? Yeah, uh, but it, it's a young adult with cancer. It's crushing. Right? You it's know? sad. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, so is life. Uh, is exactly. this the reason it's pulled? I don't understand. So they didn't give a good reason, like the Are there the library. Uh, queer characters in it, or. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. It's been a long time since I read the book. Oh, I'm just saying they're pulling all the books. I should get queer... Katrina here because she explains everything too. She's like, no, and she's a, a greens, the greens, eat your greens every. Mm-hmm. She 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 consumes all of their content, and so she could give a great synopsis of it. I haven't I haven't uh, read the book. Um, I just know that. Every time I mention something about it, she cries because it's been going. The these uh, arguments have been going on forever, right? So okay, I pulled it up. So according to the library, uh, according to the person who uh, is the deputy director of the library, John Helling, mm-hmm. uh, library staff will um, will review a little bit more than eleven thousand books in the teen section. And according to this new policy passed by a seven member library board. The books are being checked for material or pictures that are not age-appropriate. Under the new policy, the library board has decided that that means that books that contain nudity, alcohol, or drug use, repeated profanity, descriptions of violence, or incitement to violence, and any kind of sexual content in them. Mm -hmm. 
Which, from my memory, The Fault in Our Stars does not have any of that. Maybe profanity, but even then it's, like, dark humor. But it's on the light side. So there's a... Oh, I wanted to pull her name up, uh, too. Um, well, I don't know why they're banning books or moving books or whatever, even if they do have those things. But that's just young me, adult especially in a books free country. have those. Yeah. Like, well, young adult Judy books... Judy Bloom always right. did, yeah. Um, when I was growing up. You know, the uh, uh, 1984 is another one that's com- commonly banned. and It's because it's too close to reality now. <laughs> it, it is kind <laughs> of... Um, well, and it does have a depiction of sex. And, which and that is sex very, is not necessarily consensual. No, it's not good at all. And um, But we should have the freedom to choose for ourselves. Yes. And there's a point of that. You know, these are... These are it, it, it's not glorifying that. It's... It's right, disgusting, exactly. You know, like you need of, to be able to talk about things, and um, I and these are things kids that age are going through. Right. So John Green um, wrote this letter to Nob- Noblesville and Fishers, and um, I'm going to read in response to all this, and I'm going to read it um, because he makes several good points. Mm-hmm. And he's using his privilege and his position for good in this in this situation as he always does i'm john green a resident of indianapolis and author of fault of our fault in our stars turtles all the way down and other novels for teenagers a community member gave me your emails and i hope you won't mind me reaching out feel free to contact me blah blah i know that some of you are very business focused so here's some business i've sold more than four 40 million books as a resident in central Indiana, which is good news for the tax revenue of the state and the local economy more generally. We are, after all, after all, home to the world's largest book warehousing operation. The Fault in Our Stars is the best-selling book ever to be set in Indiana and has driven considerable tourism to our shared community. I'm also the co-founder and CEO of an e-commerce company and the educational media company Complexi, which um, between them employ over 115 people, several of whom live in Fishers or Noblesville. I'm your neighbor, and I'm absolutely horrified by the decision of some members of your board to override a huge body of expertise and deemed hundreds of books, including mine, inappropriate to be shelved as young adult literature. One of the novels you've pulled off the shelf won a Michael L. Prince Award, as well as young adult novel, according to the leading librarians of the U.S. Another uh, was awarded the Corrine Book Prize, the highest award for young adult, uh, adult literature in Germany. Other books on this list, including Judy Blum's Forever and Lori. I'm sorry, my my screen is blocking the last name. Uh, Lori Anderson's uh, Speak are now widely viewed as classics of YA literature. For more to, and more to the point, librarians and teachers in our community, highly trained experts in Fishers and Indi- and Noblesville that pay are paid with public mon- money, agree that these books should be shelved as YA literature. Which is precisely why they were, uh, wh- which is precisely why they were until your shameful intervention. It's political theater at the lowest and most embarrassing order, and it's an awful way to have Fishers and Noblesville make national news. As a business owner, I am infuriated by your third-rate vice signaling the, that complicates efforts to doing business and talent here. As a parent, I'm disgusted by your disregard of professionalism and expertise of teachers and librarians. As a Hoosier author, I am deeply offended by your inaccurate and hurtful portrayal of my work. As a citizen, I am so disappointed that you would use public time and resources to engage in work that actively harms the public through censorship, de facto, or otherwise. 
I implore you to walk this awful policy back and allow real experts to decide where to shelve my books and those of my colleagues. Thank you for your time, John Green. Well, that's just it. Don't you think that it's just something masking bigger things? They're coming up with all these problems with young adult books and with drag queens and, well, like a former president has... They're trying to... They're trying to recreate a society that that they're comfortable with, right? This old society where anything queer was seen as um, untouchable and bad, and you can't talk to the kids about it. It's secret. All this stuff, um, which actually pops up. So the when I was working at Borders, I started working at Borders in two thousand two. And um, I needed the health insurance, and they had great health insurance. And it was this, it was downtown Indianapolis. Well, that would be a great place to work. It was fantastic. And like a third of the, the staff were queer, and it was just this beautiful little gem in downtown Indy and when nothing else was really open. Even like nobody was in the mall. It was just dead. So we had like 1,200 people come through a day. It mm. was great. And so we got to, there were some things that we had to put out as uh, mandated displays, but we got to do a lot of displays ourselves. And I worked upstairs in the, well, the upstairs was most of the bookstore. And um, so I got to play with a whole bunch of stuff. And it was, you know, early 2000s, things were just coming together. And there's an author, her name is uh, Julianne Peters. And she was a young adult author. And she'd written a few books. And she came out with a couple uh, at the time. And it was uh, Define Normal, which came out in 2000, and Keeping You a Secret, which was uh, 2003, I think. Um, Yeah. And those dealt with, they were young adult books, and they dealt with gay relationships. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, you know, short-circuited some people but not like it would today back then it was very um controversial but not in a we've got to pass laws to to ban all this stuff uh it was just oh my god i can't believe somebody wrote about this blah 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 so it it did face backlash but again not like we're seeing controversy or whatever but what's happening today is I, I mean, I don't think even back then or even 50 years ago or 60 years ago, people wanted to live in a society in America where books were banned. Right. You know, I mean, that was something that was like, no, it's, we won't do that. Like, we might come out against this book or whatever and warn parents that maybe it's controversial. But there was, but there was this idea that everybody should be able to read. Yeah. Well, and, it's the most ahead. annoying part of this is it's just the antithesis of what they preach. Their um, conservatives and libertarians preach free speech, free speech, free speech. Are not books free speech? <laughs> right. As long as it's their free well, speech. Well, but we but have to protect is. the children. That's what obscenity, uh, obscenity laws are for. They already exist. That's yeah. not... Queer people aren't considered obscene. We're just not okay to like teach children about. I think it's just all fake. I think that they really don't care. I think that they're just doing a smoke screen against all these other things. I think they just want to look like they're doing... trying to scare people. They're doing something. They're doing it to make themselves look 
quote unquote good right. and make it look like they're doing something because they really cons- conservatives right now do not have a p- freaking platform right. or anything to stand on because every one of their single policies has shown that it has on near, um, nearly every policy has shown that it has absolutely failed. And the infrastructure and increase in jobs we have seen and the improvement in people's, you know, daily lives have all been due to Democrat or bipartisan policy. Even with even with COVID and in like coming after COVID. Yeah. The, the conservatives have nothing to run on that's right. of any substance. Right. Well, they, so they are relying on woke, on attacking quote-unquote woke culture and social culture things. And guess what? what? The American means. majority and, doesn't you know. freaking care. Right. No, exactly. They well, just put like, food you know, on the table. Ohio's, Ohio's uh, Proposition 1 or whatever the thing was uh, that they tried to pass that would increase the uh, threshold for voting for a constitutional amendment for the state constitution. <laughs> uh, they just put that forward to try to block uh, any kind of initiative yeah. to uh, to make a, a abortion legal in the state again. Yeah. So basically, they were trying to say instead of just having a majority to add an amendment to their constitution, you would have to have a super majority. 60%. And there is a, um, not election, but something to add. Ballot a vote. initiative. Thank you. In August, <clears throat> which is a very... Uh, a month that always has low voter turnout because it's so busy. Um, And they've repeatedly tried to decrease or disenfranchise people from voting in August elections and pass through controversial conservative bills. So that's what they were trying to do. But the people of Ohio came out and said, no. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And not only no, but a resounding no. And especially, and this is the fun part, in the the highly populated uh, counties that voted Trump, they flipped like wow, so yeah. e- even and it's where, ohio yeah which is a swing state and uh and passes lots of majorly uh, uh conservative mm-hmm. uh, i mean they were the reason that 10 year old girl had to come to indiana yeah. to receive mm-hmm. abortive care because she couldn't do it she was like a couple of days over six weeks and uh, and she couldn't get that a 10 year old girl and and they're still beating that dead horse um but you know this is this is proof that their policies are not okay and we we know that Mm -hmm. and we know that this this is culture all the culture wars are simply about and would my tummy stop being all (laughs) gurgly um we know that all the culture wars are just a distraction from what's really going on exactly, yeah. and and the fact that they they don't have anything however it's regardless of why um it does come from a place that we've all seen before we've oh, all yeah, been absolutely there. absolutely i mean, I mean I, this came through with reagan and yeah, right during the reagan era i agree with you about um, that but <clears throat> and but it has real repercussions mm-hmm. so the federal um uh uh courts Lifting of the injunction on the transgender for minors care ban in Tennessee or in, mm-hmm. in um, Kentucky mm-hmm. this just a couple weeks ago. Um, actually, almost a month ago now. We just got news um, from some people down there mm-hmm. that uh, several teens have already committed suicide because of that mm-hmm. specifically. And because they won't wouldn't be able to get care, and it, like 
And those are just the ones we know of, you yeah. know? Mm. Um, and those are just ones around Louisville. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include the rest of the state that doesn't even have decent care. And the inability for these people to actually care about actual living beings and to say that they are doing it for the children or they're protecting the children or whatever is so disingenuous and and frankly evil um, because it's obviously not true. Well, um, but they're still running on it, and they still beat that same drum. And mm-hmm. why? There's when you post something about it, when you when you see news articles and you get reactions and stuff. There are a lot of people who sad react or whatever, but there's no action, you know. And that's something that there has to. Hey, hey, to allies! Hey, allies! You can't just hate Nazis. That's not enough right. anymore. And and <laughs> um, the uh, the waterfront incident, the um, the beatdown <laughs> in the docks uh, that we all saw, and we've all heard that not necessarily street fighter uh, uh, tactics, but that attitude needs to to come back. Well, speaking of kids and kids' health, um, you would think that such brilliant minds that we elect in office in conservative states would have thought, hey, how are these bills going to affect professionals that treat our children? Mm-hmm. You know? Because in Louisiana, Dr. Jake K- Kilmon, I'm so sorry if I say that wrong, um, is one of three um specialists that's um he specializes in pediatric heart transplants heart failure and ventricular assist device programs he is one of three in the whole state of louisiana that does this for Mm -hmm. pediatric he's gay and he and his family are leaving louisiana because they no longer feel safe there right so now because of those actions that louisiana um congressional uh state congressional body did you're putting all of his patients and future potential patients at risk. That is not something he's doing. He's not punishing his people and like dooming them. That's something they're doing yep. because he can't help others if he can't help himself and he cannot feel safe in Louisiana right now. So they're moving so they can help more people in different places and feel safe. Like these bans, these laws affect everyone your, all your constituents, not just the queer ones. Exactly. Right. And, Absolutely. you know, we are part of every single industry. We are part of your neighborhoods. We are part of your your families and lives all over. We're not, you know, a couple of people out in San Francisco or in New York or on Halstead Street in Chicago. We're, we're just here and we're people. Queer. We're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're the ones taking care of you, and the, we're the ones taking care of your kids, and we are the ones who are are just a, a part of the fabric of society. And when you tear that fabric apart, mm-hmm. you're not doing the Lord's work. You're not doing no. the good stuff. So I, I don't um, even think that they really genuinely think they're doing the Lord's work. I really don't. I think that they're evil people who are trying to get power 
and influence and scare well, people. I'm, and they're trying to scare the people that want to do the Lord's work. You know what I mean? But Right. But <clears throat> there's there's also that that you know, twenty to thirty percent of people who believe that garbage. Absolutely. That's exactly and, what I'm and saying. And those people might be really, you know, <clears throat> they might be true believers. Right. Right. That oh my god this exactly. is just wrong and whatever and those are the ones that go and shoot up places and those are the ones that beat up people there's the mm-hmm. one that um that well, they believe a fear it does work for these certain people but I think or maybe I'd like to believe but I really hope that I'm right about this is I think that the majority of Americans now see past this and the majority of they Americans do, have ma- experience the with- majority of Americans have to take action it can't just be seeing it. This, well, that doesn't right. that doesn't actually do anything. No, no, I, I absolutely, but I don't know that they're quite ready to do that. But what I'm saying is, when you see something about, um, <clears throat> you know, what just happened in Michigan, and uh, I think that we're going to see that because people aren't <laughs> as easily controlled, I don't think, as the far right would want them to be anymore. Well, I don't know about that. Because propaganda uh, and social media can lie to us. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm trying to be positive here, Cal. Well, okay. So I'm trying to use this as a segue. <laughs> so uh, the, sa- the, ba- the safe haven baby boxes. This oh, yeah. is a rant I've been uh, wanting to go on. Okay. okay. Yeah. So the, the, I think fourth baby was surrendered yeah. in the baby box. Okay. Now, the idea of a baby box makes logical sense because you have the safe haven law where if the child is under 30 days old you can surrender them to a police department hospital or fire department no questions asked makes sense so baby box lady as i'm going to call her because i'm not going to say her name and give her power just she'll come up on tiktok as the baby box lady um (laughs) just google her and she comes up uh she was like hey instead of the theoretical baby being set on a theoretical doorstep Um, Let's make a box where a parent or guardian may set the baby down into without having to come face to face with the person they're giving a baby to, Um, which makes some logical sense, but it really doesn't at the same time. So anyway, this lady made these baby boxes and advocated all throughout Indiana to get them installed. So there's a couple in Carmel, and she wants to put them in Gary and Indianapolis and Evansville. Anyway, she is a huge pro-life advocate, like huge pro-life advocate. Hardcore. Hardcore. Like her, her, she has a whole website that's all about it. Um, she doesn't believe in birth control. Um, oh, Lord. It's a whole thing. So, but she's basically like, don't get an abortion, have a baby, and put it in a box. Yes. Harry Potter it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. You'll see her, and she acts like the most amazing person ever, and she tricked me, which is why I've been wanting to talk about it. Oh. Um, but, no, she is, like, super pro-life. You were a fan? Yeah, I followed her on TikTok, because I was like, wow, this is a great idea, because, yeah, people won't want to like will feel really bad about it and may like may feel a lot of shame if they are feeling that they have to surrender a baby for them to have a better life. And I did a little bit of research about it because I was like, I should probably look into this. Because <laughs> you actually have critical out. thinking skills. Well, I also found out that the Commission on Improving the Status of Children in Indiana actually are against the ba- baby boxes because um, it may uh, take focus away from new parents for, 
to go to other resources that would better allow them to keep their children. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, because there are, there's not enough, but there are resources for new parents if they are struggling financially, mental illness, et cetera, all, this, all the potential issues. There's resources set aside for them, but just knowing a baby box exists like may distract them from being able to do that. Does that make sense? Oh, it's easier to just, you know, it's not easy. No, it's not it's, easy. No. But yeah, the the thought that, you know, well, I can give the baby up because it's too difficult to access those or I don't know that there are, are those resources out there or well, um, the goal is always reunification with foster care. Mm-hmm. Whatever the like the situation, especially in terms of if it's financial issues, if it's mental health, the goal is some sort of reunification, whether that's, you know, um, just visitation, full custody, partial custody, full custody, et cetera. Um, and surrendering a child disallows that from ever being able to happen, which goes against Indiana foster care system's ethics. But arguably, don't you think some people don't want Reunification? Yes. Yes. But the overall big reaching goal is for everyone to get the help they need to feel safe mm-hmm. and be reunified. That's the goal. <laughs> I'm not saying it happens. Obviously, I know you're a foster parent and mm-hmm. have had kids who have been kicked out, etc. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen and it shouldn't happen because that's not a safe place, safe place for a child. And it's not like they're ideally not going to be given back to an abusive parent. But if it's a real situation where, hey, they don't have the money to take care of a kid or they don't have the health to take care of a kid, but they they really care and love the kid and want the kid to have a better life, there's no reason why you have to, you can't see your kid. Right. Especially under visitation and controlled circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I did a little bit of research, and now I'm really mad about it. <laughs> I can tell. But, you know, it's good to feel passionate about things. And just like Melanie's always saying, you know, if you feel that, take action, right? And, you yep. know. Take agency. When, yeah, take agency. I, and and I, I, I agree with you 100% on that, absolutely. I, Some people just don't. They don't it, know how, and well, they don't know Another issue what they, with the baby boxes, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's It fine. just occurred to me. No. Is also... The parent could be having medical issues, like mm-hmm. if the baby is a newborn, mm-hmm. and just dropping a baby in a box and leaving disallows me- uh, medical professionals from providing potentially life-saving aid Yeah, as well. So that's a whole other thing, is the parent could be in distress. It gives the opportunity for trained professionals to help people in distress. Well, it also might, um, you know, if the parent is having... Uh, uh, obviously probably wasn't born in a hospital if, if yeah. they're giving it up for adoption and, or for whatever comes next. Um, uh, and so are they going to be seeking medical help because they're going to be like, oh, you just had a, a baby. Um, where's the baby? Yeah. And then that opens up an investigation and all exactly. kinds of things. Exactly. I so. think that that's part of the appeal is that's anonymous. Probably. But at the same time, like, being anonymous can lead to issues in terms of leading to investigations of people wondering what happened to the baby. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's better to have a box, a baby in a box, than a baby in a dumpster. 
Um, yeah, this is a complicated issue. Yeah. Just know that the but, baby box woman, huge uh, pro-lifer. And if you watch any of her videos, you'll see exactly why she's hyper problematic. Because, um, yeah, she she does like to put herself out there. We well, should also, do some good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. Although I was going to say something, and I'm hoping maybe one of you know about it because I don't have any of the research in front of me. But I do recall reading something about Indiana being one of the leading the states that has the leading mortality rates for mothers giving childbirth. I mean, yeah, I don't doubt that of yeah women dying during childbirth and <clears throat> that sort of thing very much concerns me and i think a lot of people <laughs> you know if a woman I mean, it's can't so get hard an to find an OBGYN yeah. who is like yeah you don't have to give birth on your back right <laughs> it's so hard like i'm very lucky that i finally found someone who like listens to me and stuff or medical things because mm-hmm. i had a horrible experience now i can't be given estrogen it'll cause me a stroke and i had this doctor who kept like trying to push estrogen on me mm-hmm. it was this whole thing Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but my dad's best friend happens to be an OB who owns a practice. Uh-huh. So I was in. So I was like, Rick, <laughs> this just happened. I need to get to your practice. And so he set me up and we're all good. We're all Gucci. But like, Gucci. it was hard to get there. And I didn't want to have got there if I didn't like know the right people, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. Sorry. We need healthcare to in America. No. And then, you know, to be. And I'm dealing with this, and I have some several friends who are dealing with this right now. Also, to be queer in Indiana and seeking health care yeah. um, from any level of care um, is is uh, uh, stressful and difficult at best, especially in more rural areas like this. Right. Um, and you can be denied it. You can That's, be right. Well, I mean, you know, you shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, the fact is that you can you are definitely oh well we we aren't equipped to deal with that. Um, some excuses given that is plausible, mm-hmm. and yeah, and you have to just you'll just be sent on down the road. Um, I mean, sometimes it takes years to get appropriate care for a condition mm-hmm. because they don't know how to deal with somebody quote unquote like you, mm-hmm. um, and and or whatever. Um, uh, whatever that means. And um, it's also things like in my chart, it's written, hey, use the name Cal. Use these pronouns. Mm-hmm. This is like, here's the trauma history, so don't bring this up. And like, I have to quiz my doctors before they do anything because I'm like, did you read my chart? Because they never read your chart. Really? No. And the tip is the okay. tip is to get the doctor's appointment sense. super early in the morning because that's when mm. they review all the patient's charts, if they mm. review them at all. And they forget about you by the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. So I had like a binder that has all my stuff in it and I quizzed them on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of like that idea because sometimes I'm like, didn't you listen to me that, you know, yeah. such and such doesn't work for me or whatever. Like, and yeah. You have to be, you have to be an advocate. And one yes, of the things that I've learned that. over the years is, God, know you know, that. especially if you have, if you have stuff in your chart that you want them to go over getting a hold of them like emailing them and stuff is is what you're looking at something oh it i was but we're on the radio so now we can it's i'm looking at your keyboard because you painted it yeah okay i, I, I just didn't know no this is because it wore off so i had i've been recoloring the a in um 
it's, it's okay. You're perceptive. Thanks. Go on. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, judging my keyboard. But no, I wasn't I mean, judging. Okay. No, so I continue see. your po- you, continue point. You you so especially if you're queer, um, and your doctor's giving you some stuff, uh, create a paper trail. Like yes. hold them to it. Get copies of your documents. And not only that, like communicate with your doctor specifically about things because not only does that make sure that you put that in front of them, but it also sets it in their brain. So like it, send them emails. I just emailed my doctor twice today and and he was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I followed up on this. And it was like, fantastic, all right. And mm-hmm. I, I know from past experience that this does help them to not just like go over your chart like you were saying but to um to remember you yes and and that way they'll be like yes you this is something that uh we talked about before and um i need to remember uh next time realistically one your doctor should know your name two if you're it's a doctor you're seeing on a regular basis for a like chronic condition or like for general treatment um, you should have like a relationship of sorts with them because like you should be able to trust them with your medical issues. Mm-hmm. Like I love my doctors, at my pain management clinic. They all know my name. All the office staff know my name. Granted, I go there like every two weeks, so they kind of have to. <laughs> but like I text my occupational therapist, even though I don't see her anymore. I text her like on a regular basis and I'm like, hey, Teresa, what's going on? <laughs> like <laughs> that is um, good relationships yeah. and this in all areas of life relationships are the most important thing you, mm-hmm. you and my daughter keeps it was just saying this on her way back today uh from a doctor's appointment uh and i uh, i was like this is this is what life is based on is mm-hmm. relationships and she's like yeah don't remind me <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say being a mom you have to advocate for well, your child all the for time for my sure. child but i mean yeah. just being uh, like yeah. i it nearly died on several occasions because I didn't advocate for myself uh, during some serious health complications because I was like, well, they're the professionals. They know what's going on and they're on top of it. But mm-hmm. they've got 30 different patients that day. Right. So you really have to remind people. Um, and it's not nagging. It's not whatever. But especially if they're, you know, here in the rurality, um, they might be uncomfortable and build a relationship so that they're not uncomfortable. Speaking of medical, I want to keep us rolling since we only got a few minutes left. Um, speaking of medical stuff, a group of LGBTQ plus veterans um, who were dismissed from the U.S. military because of their sexuality are now suing the DOD, Department of Defense, for denying them honorable discharges and listing their sexual orientations on their service records. Mm-hmm. Now, they filed this lawsuit earlier this week in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California, and the plaintiffs are asking the department to grant them honorable discharges that, so they can access things like veteran benefits, including health care, college tuition assistance, and loan programs. And they're also requesting language be removed from their discharge documents that notes their sexualities, um, saying that it violates their privacy. And the DOD has declined for comment. And um, but, you know, all people asked for was one to reverse the dishonorable discharges from don't ask, don't tell Mm -hmm. and to apologize for it. Right. And so that's what this lawsuit is forcing to happen. 
Which, I mean, it, it just makes sense that they should. If they changed the laws and you were, you were dismissed under that then or the rules, then right. obviously you should you know, have that changed. It's so weird. I, I, I just assumed that they were. You know what I mean? Once the laws changed, mm-hmm. that this would have happened right. for these people. And I was sort of in shock to so read that. over 1,300 people. I, maybe I was disappointed. 13,000, like, sorry. Oh, yeah, of course. But, yeah. Yeah. That's horrible. 13,000 people. Over the course of, what, was it 20 years? Yeah. Almost or something. So, yeah. I mean, all of those veterans need to be treated with respect. Mm-hmm. Um, they did nothing wrong. Uh and keeping in with the healthcare, mm-hmm. uh, and this is big because I know we've covered it several times here on the show because uh, it's popped up. Is um, blood donations? Oh right, yeah. So finally, there's some movement yeah. on the the rules uh, about uh, gay men and and um, donating blood, which was pretty much banned at one time mm-hmm. and then they relaxed it a little bit to say oh well as long as you haven't had uh, sex in three months and now they have relaxed it further and as long as you're in a monogamous relationship is what they're saying so um, there are screenings at the local um, uh, service centers blood draw centers which means that it's up to those individual centers whether or not they implement this uh, and when they do. Um, so it's not a universal. However, the Red Cross, which provides about 40% of U.S. blood donations, um, will include a more inclusive risk-based individual assessment to determine whether someone is eligible to give blood regardless of their sexual orientation. Right. So the Red Cross, we know for sure, is going to be more inclusive. So ask for that at your local center. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yay, because it, just this ancient stigma that was based on fear and not evidence um, is it, it's just time that it's passed. Uh, it's 40 years old, the, the original rules. Mm-hmm. And that was at a time when people thought, you know, if a mosquito landed on you and you had HIV and it, it drank from you and then it went to somebody else that you get HIV from mosquitoes. Right. Um, and come on, people. I think we've we've gone we've moved on from that. Um, I don't want to do that. That's very sad. A sixth person is in remission from HIV. Yes, yes. This is, we're talking about that. This is all good news. Mm-hmm. Um, Nani, I can't believe you're talking about good news. Well, also, and and to bring it into <laughs> the local sphere again, uh, yeah. just recently in uh, Indiana uh, court ruled in favor of a transgender student, which this is, this is something that, uh, is, has been ongoing. There were, there've been several lawsuits across, uh, time and in different parts of the state for trans kids being able to use the, the proper bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, despite all of the, the fear mongering and stuff that's been going on for years from the other side, there's no reason to ban trans kids, but these schools that they're they're they were going against. This latest one is in uh, Martinsville. <clears throat> That's pretty amazing. Um, uh, then there was one in Vigo County, and then there was one up north too. I never understood <clears throat> why they're focusing. I mean, logically, I know their reasonings and whatnot, but at my high school, 
our problem with bathrooms was that someone in the boys' restroom was spreading poop all over the walls. Right. That was our issue. Like, let's worry about that. Yeah. And let's worry about kids <laughs> vaping in there and... Um, the things that are actually happening. Yeah, exactly. Right. It, it's just a fear-mongering thing, of course. Right. Uh, that's Once been again, going on forever. What people do. Um, this is in a middle school in, in Martinsville. And so there's been uh, an injunction put on uh, uh, the practice of denying the middle school student from actually accessing the bathroom, accessing the bathroom. So like really, or sometimes they have to go to a a faculty bathroom Mm -hmm. and that's too far away depending on the size of the school and everything. So it's, it's an unfair practice and it's not based again on any kind of evidence of there being uh, a negative impact uh, on the student body. Most of the time the students don't care. It's the parents. So, um, yay for that. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that rolls out. But again, it's a federal court that put that on. So maybe there's good news on the horizon for um, some of the other lawsuits that we're trying to uh, to get a favorable ruling on. And uh, that's about it for us. Yeah. That's the end of our show. <laughs> Well, it's great to see you guys. Thanks. Yeah, you too. I we do have to talk about uh, blooming out. Is brought to you by Blooming Foods Co-op Market. Yes. <laughs> uh, blooming Foods community-based uh, cooperative grocery supporting local farms and businesses since 1976. Owned by over uh, 8,000 residents across Monroe County and beyond, Blooming Foods offers local, healthy, sustainable, and environmentally sound product environmentally sound products. Um, Blooming Foods East is located at 3220 East 3rd Street by College Mall and Blooming Foods Near West located at 316 West 6th Street near the square. Get more information at bloomingfoods.coop. Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Cade Young. Our engineers are Alyssa Gray and Cade Young. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Cal Demery. I'm Melanie Davis, and remember, we're here, we're queer, and we refuse to live in fear. Love y'all. Good night from your Blooming Out family. Good night. All from the Indians who welcome the pilgrims and to the buffaloes who once ruled a plain. Like the vultures Circling beneath the dark clouds Looking for the rain Looking for the rain Just like the city That stagger on the coastline And a nation That just can't stand much more like the forest buried beneath the highway never had a chance to grow never had a chance to grow and now it's winter winter is